Well, good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 332. Page 332. We'll sing all three verses tonight. Ring the bells of heaven, page 332. Sing it on the first. Ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today for a soul returning from the wild. See the Father meets him out upon the way, welcoming his weary wandering child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring. Tis the ransomed army like a mighty sea, pealing forth the anthem of the free. Ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today, for the wanderer now is reconciled. Yes, the soul is rescued from his sinful way, and is born a new and ransomed child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring. Tis the ransomed army like a mighty sea, healing forth the anthem of the free. Ring the bells of heaven, spread the feast today. Angels swell the glad triumphant strain. Tell the joyful tidings, bear it far away, for a precious soul is born again. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring. Tis the ransomed army like a mighty sea, healing forth the anthem of the free. Amen. Great start tonight. It's sure good to be back in the Lord's house tonight, amen, and it smells like chili downstairs, amen, so for some that might not be a good thing, but it's a good thing for me, amen. Well, trust you had a restful uh, day and uh, afternoon, sure thankful for the services this morning, and excited to get back into the kings and the prophets uh, tonight, and so let's pray, let's ask God's blessing on our services uh, tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Will Kennedy if you would pray for us tonight, brother. Uh, tonight did just have a few announcements I uh, wanted to mention of course tonight right after the service is the uh, linger longer over in the fellowship hall as well as uh, the teen uh, chili cook-off and then up in into the month of November we do have quite a few things uh, taking place that I wanted to mention uh, tonight this coming Wednesday uh, night uh, brother Eric Watson is going to be preaching our main uh, service uh, I'm going to be uh, preaching at Riverside uh, Baptist Church up in uh, St. Joseph, uh, Missouri, and so I want to ask if you would pray for me, but certainly be in your place for Brother Eric uh, Watson to preach, and then this coming Sunday, uh, we're going to have a combined adult uh, Sunday school class, and Brother Luke uh, Quinlan from Heartland Baptist Bible College and out of our church is going to be uh, teaching our Sunday school class. Uh, he has to do this for uh, his uh, schooling, and so we get to grade, amen. And so that'll be a real uh, blessing, but also it is daylight uh, savings time, and so make sure you're aware of that, and so I guess we fall backward, I don't know what it is, spring forward, fall backwards, and so we get, do we get like an extra hour of sleep, and that's the deal? All right, so keep that, I'll be keeping that in mind next Sunday, amen, so extra hour of sleep, amen, that means an extra hour to preach, right? So we're starting in the book of Luke, it's a long book, we got it, no, I'm just... I uh, did want to mention that. Uh, then, of course, November the 10th, which is on a Friday, uh, is the church hayride and cookout. And so, again, if you're planning on going to that, uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the outer for you. We're also going to get some sign-up sheets out there as well for uh, different foods uh, and things that we need people to bring, like bags of chips and drinks and, and stuff like that. And so if you could help us out uh, with that, of course, we always do stuff like hot dogs and s'mores and and stuff like that. Uh, something else, too, is that typically we try to keep the traffic to a minimum uh, to uh, the Watson's uh, house over there, and so we have a bus 
uh, that will be here at the church. And so if you would like to meet here at the church, uh, the bus will be leaving at 630 going over there. And so you can catch a ride on the bus over there. If you do have to drive, you can get with Brother Eric Watson for the address and things uh, like that. And he'll give you some directions and, and stuff like that. The one thing is we just ask that people don't uh, that people would park out by the road and not pull down the driveway. That way we can get the hay uh, ride thing out of the driveway and then drive around the neighborhood like wild maniacs. Amen. Uh, so did just want to mention uh, those things. November the 12th, which is on a Sunday, uh, I believe it's a, be after the Sunday night service, be a teen uh, activity. So young people, make sure you're aware of that. And then, of course, November the 17th, which is on a Friday, is a youth rally at First Baptist Church in Mission, Kansas. And so pray for Brother Eric Watson as he's going to be preaching that as well. So and you're a busy guy, aren't you? So uh, that'll be a, a blessing there. November the 18th, which is on a Saturday, is our churchwide outreach. And then Sunday, November the 19th, which is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, will be our Thanksgiving banquet. Now, we'll also have another combined uh, adult uh, Sunday school class again, and Brother Cody Watson from Heartland Baptist Bible College is going to be teaching, uh, and so we get to grade again, all right, and so bring your paper and pencil, right, and uh, of course Brother Frank Wood is going to be here and preaching, and he'll be preaching the morning and the afternoon service, and so it'll be regular morning services, we'll go over and have lunch in the in gymnasium, and then come back and have an afternoon service, there'll be no evening service uh, that night and then of course our midweek service the week of thanksgiving is tuesday november the 21st instead of wednesday night so that's tuesday night at seven o'clock and then last but not least is on sunday november the 26th uh, we will be hosting missionary tom grits to england he's our missionary on uh, furlough right now and so he's going to be here with us on that sunday and he'll be reporting in the Sunday school class as well as preaching in the evening service. So looking forward to having him and uh, thankful that, uh, you know, with all the uh, issues they've been having with the visas and stuff like that and the sponsorship over uh, in England, that that's kind of been working out. Sure, praise the Lord, Brother Keith Gossmeyer that's over there and been, been a help to a lot of our missionaries that we've been supporting. So, Okay, brother. Let's go into our hymn books and turn to page 316. Page number 316. Let's all stand again. We've been sitting for a while. Page 316, the haven of rest. We'll sing all three verses together tonight. <clears throat> sing out with me on that first verse. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea. So burning with sin and distress Till I heard a sweet voice Saying make me your choice And I entered the haven of rest I've anchored my soul In the haven of rest I'll sail the wide sea no more the tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep in Jesus I'm safe evermore I yielded myself to his tender embrace and faith taking hold of the my fetters fell off and I anchored my soul. The haven of rest is my Lord. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may Stormy deep in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. The song of my soul, since the Lord made me whole, has been the old story so blessed of Jesus who'll save whosoever will have. Home in the haven of rest. 
white seas no more. The tempest may sweep o'er the wild stormy deep. In Jesus I'm safe evermore. Amen. Great singing tonight. As we go to the Lord in prayer tonight for our offering, I'm going to ask Brother Gentry Gutierrez, would you pray for the offerings tonight, please? And you may be seated tonight. Let's turn to page 635. We're going to stand one last time together for our final song tonight. Page 635. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. Let's sing it out on that first verse together. Page 635. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. We're in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus surround the throne and thus surround the throne we're marching to zion beautiful beautiful zion we're marching upward to zion the beautiful city of god let those refuse to sing who never knew our god but children of the heavenly king but children of the heavenly king may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Then let our songs abound and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground to fairer worlds on high, to fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. Amen. Great singing. You may be seated tonight. Just before the message tonight, of a special for Mrs. Watson. Unworthy 
such a blessing i'm sure thankful for miss anita amen aren't you glad tonight for god's goodness and grace what a blessing well let's all stand tonight in honor of god's word and and if you're able to stand uh take your bibles tonight and turn to first samuel in chapter number three tonight uh the book of first samuel and <clears throat> chapter uh number three uh, tonight, and of course, uh, if you remember, uh, last week we saw the first uh, ten verses there with uh, little Samuel coming in and hearing God call him and coming in to Eli and saying, did, what, did you, you, you need something? And uh, Eli sending him back to bed saying, no, and you're not sleeping in my bed either, and get back in there, boy. And, and, of course, that happened a few times until Eli began to realize it was God that was calling Samuel. And so Samuel answers. And so let's pick up in verse number 11 tonight uh, of chapter number 3. And this is what the Lord says. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house for ever uh, for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged, with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning. Did you notice it says, it doesn't say that Samuel slept until the morning. It's probably because he was laying there going, what am I going to tell Eli? Because you know he's going to ask. All right. I could tell you about this one time when I was, anyways, I got in trouble with the principal and it was on a Friday, and I went the whole weekend with my grandparents up to Georgia, North Georgia, to spend the weekend with them. And I laid in a loft up there in a log cabin every night, staring at the ceiling, thinking about what was going to happen to me when I got back to school Monday. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's exactly what Samuel was going through right there. It says, And he lay until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And did, not, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And what a blessing that is. Now, there have been often times in life where I've heard this phrase. Well, you know, they just had to grow up fast. And it usually refers to a child put in a difficult situation and forced to make adult decisions at a young age. What I would say to you tonight is this. Samuel's having to grow up fast. In the previous passage, we saw where God called Samuel both really to salvation and ministry 
all in one encounter. And as Samuel answers the call, here is what we find tonight. God gives him a message of judgment upon the house of Eli, the very man that he is training under. And so now Samuel is faced with an adult-sized decision. Do I tell Eli what God said or do I not? And praise God, Eli does deliver the message and he is catapulted to become the prophet of God for the people of God in Israel. Now here's the lesson for us tonight and I want you to grab hold of this. As Samuel had courage to give Eli the word of God, we need courage to give people the word of God. We need courage. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need to know about the judgment of God and the reality of hell. All right? And, and so you understand, though those things are difficult, they are still true. It is still Bible. And so we need to have courage. So what I would say to you tonight is this. We're going to see Samuel become a man. But not just any man, a man of the Word. So that's what I titled the message tonight, Samuel, a man of the Word. But I, I think we need, to be the, we need to be a people of the Word. We need to be a people of the Word. Would you bless the preaching, Father? Thank you tonight. Thank you for the good study the last couple of days and just praying, God, that you would use me as your vessel tonight. And God, just challenge us, Lord, and speak to us and help us tonight. I pray that people know you as Savior. I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight to have hearts like Samuel towards your Word. But, oh, God, help us to have courage tonight, too. And so, God, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated? Uh, tonight, sure appreciate you standing in honor of God's Word. I guess it was, I think it was 2019 uh, when we hosted Brother Terry Randolph for our fall revival. And I think that was the year before COVID hit and all of that stuff. I can't remember. It might have been 2018, 2019, somewhere uh, in there. But in, anyways, Brother Randolph, I, Brother Terry Randolph is just a, a, a blessing. I'm so thankful we were able to have him and we're going to uh, have him for our missions conference uh, this next year, uh, Lord willing. We actually had him scheduled a couple of years ago, and Miss Mickey got breast cancer, but she's been doing good, and, and praise the Lord for that. And I think about Brother uh, Randolph getting saved in the military uh, while he was stationed in the Philippines and, and got saved under Brother Howard Quinlan. And I remember being able to have him and him having some time with Brother Howard uh, Quinlan before he went home. Uh, to be with the Lord, and it was it was a great week. Uh, it was a great meeting. Uh, and I I don't think I will. I don't think you know most. I think most all of the revival meetings that we've had, I've, I remember them. Remember uh, distinct messages and services that we had, and no doubt Terry Randolph had several of those. But I remember I remember the Tuesday night when he came into the church building, and if you know Brother Terry Randolph, the guy's got the greatest hair among preachers I know. He's got the best looking hair, and he's always cool as a cucumber or however you want to put it. But that guy comes in that night, and he is all fidgety, and he's breathing real heavy, and he's nervous. And, I'm, and, I'm, and he's, just, he's not normal Terry, and I'm going, brother, what is... So finally, I just I said, what's, what's going... You okay tonight? And I just wanted to make sure everything... You know, nothing happened with the RV over there that they had parked in our parking lot, or... You know, everything was okay with the family and, you know, what was going on. And he said, he said, brother, he said, he said, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just, I'm just nervous about the subject that I'm preaching on tonight. And I went, oh, okay. I'm leaving him alone. You know, it's like a pitcher that's got a no hitter going. You don't mess with that. I mean, you just sit at the other end of the dugout, you know. And, and so anyways, I backed off and I remember, I, and I think probably many of us that were here for that service, remember the message that night that he preached on hell out of Luke chapter 16. And it was just a phenomenal message. I'll never forget after the service, standing out there in the foyer. And, uh, you know, we had just met with God. I remember during the invitation, the whole uh, area up here was just flooded with, with God's people praying. And, and, and standing out there in the foyer after the service and Shelby Dawson tapping me on the shoulder. And I turned around and she's got tears running down her face, and she said, Preacher, I got saved tonight. I've been faking it the whole time. And I went, what? And it was, it was just a phenomenal service. But I can remember, but the reason that I'm recalling that is because I remember the way that he was coming in to the service that night. And what I want to say to you tonight is this. It doesn't matter if you're 10 years old or 100 years old. It still takes courage to preach the truth of God's Word. 
and especially to deal with a difficult subject like the judgment of, of Almighty God. And that is what Samuel demonstrates in our text tonight. This is not only why uh, God called him to be a prophet, but, but it's also why God would continue to use Samuel in a mighty way. It's because of how he treated the Word of God, even when it was difficult. You understand? Listen, listen. Everybody's fine as long as you're talking about heaven. Because everybody thinks they're going to heaven. But, but when you, the moment that you bring up hell, see, that's when feathers get ruffled. And that's when people get offended. And here's why. Because man is prideful and thinks he or she doesn't deserve the judgment of Almighty God. When the reality is we're all under the condemnation of, of God. The wrath of God abideth on us already if we are not saved. And we are going to face the, the judgment of God. See, the reality is this. If heaven is real, and it is, well, well so too is hell. hell. Hell is a real place also. And Christ made it clear. Listen to this tonight. Christ made it very clear through His earthly ministry that though hell was created for the devil and his angels, mankind, God's creation, will spend eternity there if he or she rejects Christ as Savior. That's the simple truth of the matter. But here's the point of the message tonight. God's men and God's people need to get back to having courage to give, thus saith the Lord, even when the message is a message of judgment. You know, I used to hear, you know, preachers, you know, back in the day, hell was kind of a common topic. And it's, it's a far less top, discussed topic today. You're not going to hear this from Joel Osteen, I can tell you that. And you're not going to hear this on the radio, guys, and, the, you know, and all the other stuff. You're not, but, but here's what you find when you study the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. He, you know, he made it very clear. I think in Luke it was in chapter 6. Yea, uh, if, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Yea, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. What he's talking about is hell. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about eternity and hell and the soul of man perishing and dying the second death in the judgment of God. And I'm just saying to you, we need to get back to some of those things and, and back to preaching some of those things. And back, listen, you start dealing with that. And even people in the pew start going, oh my Oh boy, here we go tonight and getting uncomfortable and looking around and wonder who's going to get mad and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Are you comfortable? Well, it's Bible. It's truth. Let's get over it. Look, no, notice it. Listen, here's, here's what I wrote. And don't be offended by this, but I like what I wrote it here. And I, so I want to read it to you tonight. If Samuel can do it as a child, then maybe we need to grow up and handle it as adults. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea here. So I want you to notice the, the communication of, of God. Now, now go with me to verse number 10, back up to verse number 10 here, because I want you to see this. It says, And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. The Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And so I wanted to just recap this, because this is what we saw in the last message where God was calling Samuel, and it's not Eli like he thought. And so after getting the instruction from Eli to Answer the Lord with, speak for thy servant here. That, that's exactly what Samuel does right here. He says, speak, Lord, for thy servant uh, heareth, and, 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 uh, uh, and or speak for thy servant heareth. And then in verse number 11, where you and I picked up tonight, well, God begins to speak. And, and so notice some, some, some things here. He says, and the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at, at the which at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In, the, in that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. What, what I'm, this, see, what I'm trying to get you to see is this. This is not a positive message. This is not, hey, Samuel, I got some good news for you to tell Eli. This is a message of judgment upon the house of Eli for his unwillingness to respond. Really, I, I would say to you this, it's for his unwillingness to respond to the man of God God sent at the end of the previous chapter. And, and so God's saying now, that's it. That's what he's saying. 
And so, that, listen, though there is much to say about Eli, all right, and, and we're going to deal with this in a little bit later, I, I do want us to just kind of note some things about, about the Word of God that we, we see right here. Well, what I would say to you is this, according to verse number 11, I like what it says. It says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in, the, in Israel at the which the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Listen to this. Sometimes the Word of God is painful. I mean, the word tingle, listen to this. The word tingle has the idea of the ears reddening with shame or the teeth chattering with fear. That's, the, that's what the idea. I'm going to do something that's going to make, that's going to make everyone that hears it that tingle. That means their ears are going to turn red with shame like, oh man. And their teeth are going to chatter or they're going to quiver in their voice because of fear. Because talking about the judgment of God. See, God's going to judge Eli and his sons, listen to me tonight, it's going to be painful. It's going to be so painful, Eli, in hearing the news, is going to fall over. And because he's so heavy, he lands and, and, killed and ends up dying because of falling to his death. You understand? It's going to be painful. It's going to cause fear in those around them. The Philistines are going to defeat the Israelites in battle. They're going to steal the Ark of the Covenant and the sons of Eli are going to be dead. It is not going to be a fun time for Israel. That's what God's telling Samuel. See, the point though is this, is that sometimes the Word of God is painful. Now you and I, listen, it's, it's, it's not, please understand this tonight, it is not always negative because God's always negative. You, you understand that tonight? It, it's, it's, listen, it's negative because man has a positive nature towards sin. That, that's why. You ever notice this? You ever notice this in the law? There's a lot more thou shalt nots than thou shalt. <laughs> Did you get that? Some of you are like, what? Thou what? There's a lot more thou shalt nots than thou shalt. Why? Because man has a positive nature towards sin. Man's looking for loopholes. Man wants a way around it. Man wants what man wants. And so you understand the Word of God addresses those, those things. And, and so it tends to be negative. I, I remember a lady one time uh, that complained about that when I was pastoring in Cassville. She said, she said this to her son that was in our, a member of our church. And, and she said, he's, he's always negative. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not negative. Always. I could have at least got an amen or something right there. Huh. But here, listen, but, but, but when you preach the Word of God, did you know this? It kind of tends to be that way sometimes because man has a positive nature towards sin. You, you understand? Listen, but, but, here's, but here's the thing that I thought about. She's the only one complaining. And here's why. Because she wasn't right with God and she was carnal and out of church and ungodly. And she didn't like, listen, the fact of the matter was her complaining was really a sign that God was convicting her because she had a positive nature towards sin and needed to get right with God. You understand the reason the Bible is often this way is because God wants us to be saved. God wants us to be saved. Listen to this. He wants you to have eternal life tonight. He wants you to have abundant life tonight. He wants you, listen, and the only way, listen, the only way that that can happen is that when we are confronted with the truth of where we are heading in our sin and we turn from those things and begin to obey the Word of God. Yes, sometimes the Word of God is encouraging and praise God for that. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is a help unto me. When I hide it in my heart, I will not sin against God. It is all of those things, but sometimes it's negative and painful. Sometimes it's just that way. I mean, listen, that's why the Bible compares itself to a hammer. This is what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like as a fire? Saith the Lord, and like a hammer, listen to this, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. You understand, a fire may give light and warmth, but you stick your hand in it, and you're not going to go, wow, that's cool. You're going to go, wow! Why? Because it's painful, it's hot, and every man knows this. When I say something like this, well, pow, I hit the wrong nail. You understand? 
you didn't hit the nail, you hit the fingernail. You know, I'm, I mean, I, listen, me and a hammer, I'm like lightning. I never hit the same place twice, you know. I'm all over the, all, all over the place. You know. But here's, listen, any time I've ever done that and hit my hand or something with a hammer or whatever, I didn't go, man, that, that was, <laughs> that just tickled. I didn't do any of that. Son, it hurt. Ow! Jeremiah said the Word of God is like a fire. It burns. It burns. I'm telling you, it burns, man. You, you deal with the judgment of God. People are already like, oh, I don't like this. I didn't come here tonight for this. I came here for chili. I came here for heartburn, not, you know, <laughs> heavenly heartburn. You know, that's, you understand what I'm saying? It burns. It's like a hammer. It hurts. It's like a hand. Listen, he likens it unto a sledgehammer. When it hits, it hurts. And when our hearts are hard like rocks, the Word of God just pounds away and pounds away and pounds away. And pounds away. It's, why, why, why does it do that? Because God wants that fallow ground broken up, as Jeremiah would talk about. He wants that hard heart in, in there to get broken up, to be tender-hearted towards the things of God. Why? Because that's where the goodness is at. That's where the blessings are at. You want to be saved tonight? Get, get a soft heart towards the things of God. Turn to Jesus Christ. He'll save you right where you're at. Friend, you want, to, you want to get right with God tonight? You want to have the grace of God on your life and the blessings of God on your life? Then soften your heart to the Word of God and come to God and get right with Him. And God will put His hand on your life. But it's not going to happen until you open up your heart to the Word of God. It's like a two-edged sword. For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even under the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, I've stabbed myself once. Once. I try not to do it again. Because when I did it, I didn't go, wow, that was cool. No, I mean, listen, my wife bought a stroller. And, I've, and I know I've told this story. And I had my pocket knife out. And it had those little uh, plastic straps that were strapping it together. And so I took my pocket knife and I held that stroller like this. And I, and I pulled up on that pocket knife and I heard two pops. One was the strap and the other one was the pop was my knife going into my forearm. And so I pulled it out and I ran into the bathroom over the sink because I didn't want to bleed on the carpet because he wants to clean that up. And so I'm standing over the sink and I'm telling you, and I didn't go, man, that tickled. Honey, you ain't what? Come over here and look at this. This is great. No, I didn't. I, I said, honey, look at this. And I opened it up and I looked and I went down to one knee because I went, oh, I've never seen that before. Oh, oh. You, you understand what I'm saying? The Word of God's like a sharp two-edged sword. It cuts right through our outer exterior. Because, you know, we want to look spiritual and we want to be perceived as spiritual. But the Word of God, sometimes it just knows right where we're at. It's amazing. It knows what we're really made of. I've told this story before, but... I used to, I remember Brother Lloyd Frigil at, Lloyd and Betty Frigil at Berean Baptist Church, and I, and I got to hear Brother Lloyd's testimony, and Miss Betty, she had gotten cancer, and, uh, and, uh, and eventually went home to be with the Lord, and then, and Brother Lloyd uh, was there at Berean Baptist Church, and got to know both of them uh, before they passed away, but Miss Betty got saved in Aurora, Missouri, and, and a Baptist, independent Baptist church in Aurora, and she got saved. And, and she went back and she invited Lloyd to go to church with her. And Lloyd said, all right, I'll, I'll go to church with you. And so they went into church on Sunday morning and the preacher started preaching. And the more the preacher preached, the, matter, the more mad Lloyd got. And so after the service, they went home and, and Betty said, what, what is the matter with you, Lloyd? And she, he said, I don't, I don't know what you've been telling that preacher, but you need to quit talking to him. <laughs> he, was, she was, he was mad. He thought Miss Betty was telling all these, you know, stories about him and stuff and, and, and preaching and, and the, you know, to the preacher. And the preacher was getting up there and just kind of aiming right at him and all this stuff. And Miss Betty's like, I haven't said anything, Lord, I swear. And so anyways, for about two or three weeks, Lloyd wouldn't go back to church. And then finally he cooled down and she came in one Sunday morning and said, Lloyd, are you going to go to church with me today? And he said, all right, I'm going to go. And he started putting on his coat. He said, but if that preacher starts in on me again, I'm going to sock him right in the mouth. And he goes to church that morning and he sits down on the pew and the preacher starts preaching. And sure enough, I mean, it's just sticking and sticking and sticking and gouging and gouging and gouging. And the invitation came and Lloyd Frigil walked the aisle and trusted Christ as a Savior. And you know why? 
because he realized the preacher, Betty wasn't telling the secrets of the preacher. The Word of God was telling him who he really was. It was just piercing right in to who he really was and showing him and convicting him and dealing with him. And Lloyd got saved that morning and became Brother Lloyd. And what I'm saying to you is that's how the Word of God is. You know how many times I've been preaching this book right here and went back there and shook hands and somebody came by and said, you have no idea, but that's exactly what I needed to hear tonight. And I was sitting there and, yeah, yeah, I knew exactly what you needed tonight. I've been reading your emails. I don't even read my emails. I don't even read my mail that comes to my house. I have bills and I don't like them. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it, that's the way the Word of God works. It is a sharp, two-edged sword. But I'm just telling you, listen, sometimes it's painful. It's like a hammer and it's like a sword. Be a fact, look at this. Look down at verse number 12. He says, And in that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will, I will also make an end, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And I want you to look at verse number 14 closely. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Do you, do you understand that sometimes it's penalizing? It's the way the Word of God can be. Listen to this tonight. It's, it's sad to say this, but not every story ends up like Lloyd Frigil. Not everybody gets saved. Not everybody gets right with God. In fact, Eli doesn't. He's not going to get right with God. And as a result, he's going to reap what he sows. In verse number 12, God makes sure to let Samuel know to Eli, God's going to carry out his word. It's going to come to pass. Because this is what we think. I'm getting away with it as long as it doesn't come to pass. Guess what? It's coming to pass. In, in verse number 13, he's going to do it because Eli refused to heed, and deal with, heed God and deal with his sons. God has pleaded with Eli. God has shown mercy to Eli. God has sent a man of God to Eli. And Eli has refused to listen to the word of God. And so God's saying, that's it, I'm done. And in verse number 12, and I wanted to point that out to you quick, uh, to, wanted you to note that, because what he's saying is this, it is now too late for Eli to repent and turn back. No sacrifice or offering will turn away this judgment. Now I'm just telling you, what he's in essence, here's what he's saying. And we're not going to like this tonight, but you need to listen to this. There's no more second chances here. And Eli, Eli has gone to what the New Testament calls the reprobate side of things. Where God's done offering mercy. I'm just telling you this tonight. You need to listen to this. I, I, well, wait a minute, preacher. That doesn't agree with what this evangelical said down the road. Really doesn't matter what he said. It matters what God said. And again, sometimes the Bible is this way. Listen to me tonight. Yes, God is long-suffering. Praise God He is. God is long-suffering. God's mercy endureth forever. Amen. Yes, God is merciful. But as much as we want to have a license to do anything we want and get away with it, we need to know tonight, that's not how God works. And we will, listen, we will reap what we sow and God will carry out His Word in our lives. And, and you need to know this. And once man dies in his sin and he goes to hell, that, that's it. There's not any, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize this was real. And, and you know what? On second thought, I'm, I'm all in for the Lord now. That's not how that works. That's, that's not how this thing works. Listen, it's not, please catch this tonight. We don't judge God. It's not based on our terms. It is God who is sovereign. It is God that's the creator. We are the creation. It is God that stands in judgment, friend. And it is us that must give an account of our sin unto God. And unless we humble ourselves and come God's way, I'm just telling you, there's going to be a penalty for those things. If it's not in salvation, even, even if we are saved, and we begin to live in carnality and worldliness and all of these things. I'm just telling you, 
We're going to reap what we sow. Eli's going to do that. And in fact, he's gotten to the place now where God's like, that's it, I'm done dealing with you. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, you're, the consequences are now coming. And there's nothing that you can do about it. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Eli, where Eli is at spiritually, and I'm not ready to deal with this yet, but let me just say this to you tonight. Where Eli is at spiritually ought to scare the daylights out of anybody that's listening to this tonight. Because I do not want to be here. I would never want to get to this place. And I would hope that you wouldn't either. But I'm just telling you, listen, that, that's where he was. But, but, but again, I'm, I, listen, we, it's, it's penalizing and I'm telling you, but here, but now, now what? So it's painful, it's penalizing, God's fixing to judge the house of Eli. So now look at verse number 15. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the, the vision. And so beginning here, all right, <laughs> beginning here after God spoke, and again, I, I would say this, I, I don't think Eli, I, I don't think Samuel slept at all that night. And he knew Eli would want to know what God said. And he feared to tell him. And sure enough, Eli is going to come in the following morning. He's going to want to know. And so what you have is you have this communication from God. God giving Samuel his word. God giving something that's going to be painful, something that's going to be penalizing. And so now you have, from the communication of God, now you have what I would say is the choice of Samuel. In other words, Samuel now has a decision to make. Do I give the Word of God? Do I not give it? Um, do I make something up that's less, you know, that's, that's easier to swallow? Do I do, I do something... You know, do I, do I twist it? You know, make it a more positive message? But in the end, here's what Samuel does. He gives it. And he makes the right choice. He does it. And, and, I, and, I, and you know, there's a lot of things that you could look at here. But this is what's interesting is that I believe, I believe, Samuel, I believe Samuel gave the message to Eli and I think it's because of two things. And what fascinates me is this. It's really two things that, that, that Eli gave Samuel. This is what's crazy. Go back up to verse number 10 with me real quick. Look at what he said. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak for thy servant heareth. Do you, do you, and, and again, we, we know this, that, that Eli is the one that told him to say that. Speak for thy servant, for thy servant. Here, you know what I believe Samuel realized while he's laying there at night and looking up at the ceiling and thinking, what is he going to do the next morning? I wonder if he's thinking about this. Well, when I spoke to God, when Eli spoke to me, I said this, speak for thy servant, for thy servant. Here, you know what a servant is? A servant's a bondman. It's a slave. It's one that doesn't have any authority or any say in the matter. It just does what the master says. And I believe this. I believe Eli said, listen, that, that's the attitude that would help Samuel to go out and to give God's word to Eli is to just say this. You know what? All I am is a servant. Listen to me tonight. You know what we are? Servants. That's all we are. The source of every true man of God's message will be the, should be the Word of God. It should be the Word of God. And did you know this tonight? Listen, I am nothing but a servant. That's all I am. I'm not the one in authority. I didn't write the book. I didn't, I didn't write the book. Listen, no, no, don't get me wrong. I realize there's authority that comes with a pastor and all of those things. But, but ultimately, all of that is even sourced in the Word of God. And so therefore, the man of God is simply to give the Word of God, to just proclaim what the Master has already spoken. Listen, but that's not just good for the man of God, that's good for the people of God. You know what you are tonight and I, we're all just servants. And so that's exactly what, what you, listen, we've all been bought with a price, we have no rights, you are not, we are not our own tonight, somebody say amen. And so we're simply to give out what God already said that's all I can do tonight 
you got an issue with the subject of hell and you've got an issue with the subject of God's judgment, then you don't have an issue with me. You've got an issue with God. Because all I'm doing is giving you what the Bible says tonight. In fact, look at verse number 17. So in verse 16, Eli called Samuel. I mean, the guy was probably, the kid was probably trying to hide from eating breakfast. Amen. And so, you know, Eli called Samuel in verse 16 and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. And he said, so Eli says, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? And I can just imagine Samuel going, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. He said, he said, I pray thee, hide it not from me. Now watch what he says here. God do so to thee and more also if thou hide anything from me of all things that he said unto thee. Well, since you put it like that. Right? What, what I would say to you is this, is that not only did he realize he was a servant, he realized he was a steward. You know, a steward, listen, a steward is just a manager of the affairs of another. He doesn't own anything. It's just like Joseph in the house of Potiphar. It was Potiphar's house. It was all Potiphar's things. Joseph was just made steward over all the house. He just managed the affairs. Well, folks, what I'm saying to you tonight is this. It's the same with us. We've been given God's Word, and we're to be stewards of it. We don't have the right to change it. We don't have the right to spin it and put more positivity to it. We, we don't. We're just simply to give it out. And, and here's the thing, and if not, then we stand in danger of the same judgment. We, we, stand, we have a responsibility as stewards. It's kind of like, this is what I thought about. With what Eli gave to Samuel, what I thought about was what, was what God said to Ezekiel about the watchman. Here's what he said to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 33, 6. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Do you understand? The watchman had the responsibility to warn the people. And if he didn't do his job, then he stood in judgment. And what Eli is saying to Samuel is this, is that if you don't tell me what God said, then you stand in judgment. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that if we don't tell people what God said, we stand in judgment. We're to be good stewards. Like Samuel, listen to this, like Samuel, you and I will always have a choice. We'll always have a choice. We'll always have a choice when the Holy Spirit pricks us to whether to speak or not to speak. Whether to leave a track or to not leave a track. Whether to give my testimony or to not give my testimony. We're always going to have a choice. Now, I, I, I'm just telling you tonight, I can't stand here and say I always made the right choice. But I can say this, I can look at the life of Samuel and I can take courage that the next time it comes around, I want to make the right choice. Amen. Does everybody get what I'm saying to you tonight? And I'm, that's what I want to challenge you and encourage you with tonight. But let me, let me give you the third thing. And I think this is, this is there, there's some, well, there's some bad things here, but there's some good things here because really what you find is the conclusion of it all, all right, as it's all kind of wraps up, okay? And let me give you these things tonight. Look, look down at verse number 18. And Samuel told him every wit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at that and I want to go, really? Because the reality is this, the saddest part of this story is that Eli once again rejects God trying to get a hold of him. Despite being told God's judgment on his house, and there was nothing that he could do about it, Eli does nothing. He does, he does nothing. We say, preacher, there's nothing he could do about it. Yeah, but still, there's no brokenness. There's no, there's no repentance. There's no humility. And I get, I get that there, you know, that there's no, you know, God says that there's no sacrifices or offerings that, 
that's going to purge this and stop this judgment. But Eli could have still got right with God before the judgment came. Because I'm telling you this, I'd much rather go through the consequences of my sins with God than without God. And there's nothing in his life. It's, listen, it's almost like, it's, this is what I like in the two. It's like water on a duck's back. And Samuel gives him everything that God said. And it just rolled right off of Eli. And he said, it, it's of the Lord. And it good, good, let him do what he wants. Let, let me encourage you tonight again. Let me just, let me just challenge you. Please, I'm begging you, don't you ever get to this place spiritually where, where the Word of God never phases you. Where there are not times where you sit down in your Bible reading and go, Mercy, that's me. And get on your face and get right with God. Or there's times where you sit in a church and God's saying, that's you. And you come to an old-fashioned altar and get on your face and get right with God. Please listen to me tonight. I'm telling you, don't ever get to that place where you're not moved and where you're not stirred by the Word of God. That is where Eli was at. I'm, I'm just telling you, the heart of Eli, that is a dangerous place to be. It's just, it's just nothing. And here's the thing, it doesn't matter who's giving it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was the man of God or the little boy in, in Samuel giving, thus saith the Lord. It's not about who's giving it. If you're here tonight and going, well, I don't really like you. I don't care. It's not about me. It's about the Word of God. And I'm just telling you, don't ever get to that place where the Word of God it doesn't stir us. The Word of God is still God's Word and it ought to stir us. And it ought to move us. That's the sad part. The great part of this story is, look at verse 19 and 20. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. The great part of this story is that Samuel is going to be exalted as a prophet. See, Eli may have rejected it, but Samuel had the audience of others. <laughs> Eli didn't listen, but oh, God listened. God saw it, and God would bless Samuel. God would continue to give His Word through Samuel and never let it fall to the ground. In other words, God would always carry it out. This would exalt Samuel in the eyes of the people in verse 20. The moral of the story is this, is that if we'll be faithful to give the Word of God, you know what? Some people are going to reject it, but God sees. And God blesses. And you know this, He'll exalt us and use us for His honor and His glory. Oh, listen, if there's anything that I could ever say about Faith Baptist Church, it'd be this. Let us be used for the glory of God. Let us preach the Word, friend. Let us exalt the Word of God. Let's, let's not let it fall to the ground, friend. Let's proclaim it. Let's preach it. Let's give. Thus saith the Lord. And let's, listen, people may reject the gospel. People may reject the things of God and living holy and doing right and all of those things. But I'm telling you, there's some that will receive it. And we get to be a part of that. Now, here's, here's the greatest part of the story. Look at verse 21. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord, and I love that, all caps right there. Jehovah God revealed Himself to Samuel and Shiloh by the Word of the Lord. Go back up to verse number 1 of chapter 3 real quickly. and Look what right there it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the Word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. What I would say to you tonight is this, is that where, the, where chapter 3 started out, the Word of the Lord was precious and rare. Listen, God can now give, give, God now has a man he can give his word to who's going to handle it faithfully. And it's going to begin to pour out of God and through Samuel. And where the word of the Lord is regarded, li listen, I like this, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Listen, listen to this. 
Where the word of the Lord is regarded, guess what? The presence of the Lord is welcomed. <laughs> oh man, God appears again in Shiloh. Where the tabernacle was first set up when Israel came into the promised land. The bottom line is this. You want the presence of God in your life? Why don't you be a per person of the word? Those two things go hand in hand. Because see, this is what I fear is that we're a people that we want the we want the presence of God. Oh God, I just, I just, I, I preach. I want the presence of God. I just, I need some goosebumps and I need emotion and I need this and that and the other. But we don't want this. You want the real presence of God in your life. Fall in love with this right here. Humble yourself to this right here, and watch God show up. How about that? There's so much to chew on in this story. There's so much. But the bottom line is this, is that Samuel, Samuel had a great regard for the Word of God where Eli had zero regard for it. And God gave him the courage to give it when he needed to. And God would use him in a mighty way. And God's presence and hand would be on Samuel's life. And I'm just saying to you tonight, I don't want to be where Eli's at. I want to be like Samuel. Can I ask you tonight, which one are you? Where are you at tonight? Are you just like Eli and you just come in here and the word of God just rolls off you like water on a duck's back? When's the last time you sat down with the, just the Bible and just said, God speak to me and God spoke and God got a hold of your heart. When's the last time you come into church service like this and God just moved in right in the pew next to you and got a hold of your heart? Friend, if that hadn't happened in a while, I'm telling you, I'd be shaking in my boots right now because I don't want to be where this man was at. I want to be where Samuel was at. Lord, speak. Thy servant here, speak to me and use me. Give me the courage to go out and give your word to the people around me. Use me for your honor and glory. People might reject it, but there'll be some people that will receive it. And you can walk with God and be used of God. Which one are you going to be tonight? Let's all stand tonight.